0: Hey, welcome to The Cul-de-Sec, an amalgamation of ideas and synaptic connections from our brains to yours. Today's episode is an interview that I recorded with two of my good friends, Isaac Levine and Ruby Monceau, or is it Doobie Doo? The two of them are in a band called Sand Puzzle which has a new cassette out now on the Fish People Birds label. The links are in the episode description. Both of these incredible musicians live in Ypsilanti, Michigan. We recorded this episode in Burr Park on a sunny afternoon, so it might sound a little not perfect, but there's some good songs in there. And we talk about all sorts of nice things and some things that aren't so nice. Behind us, overlaid over our voices, you'll hear Isaac's piano music from a cassette called Endless Preview, which you can also get on the Fish People Birds label on Bandcamp. I hope you enjoy this, because I did.
1: Operation Paperclip, Ruby, take it away.
2: It was when, at the end of World War II, instead of having the Nazis be treated like criminals, uh, some of the leaders, like the Navy and all the other like war guy groups, um, got together and decided to have them come to America uh to work for the US government as well as like several other institutions including Disney World um, and Ford did they yeah. actually
1: they actually brought them to like build rocket ships for Disney World
2: yeah. amusement park rides Yes they did um, to design the, like aesthetics of that for Disney too yeah wow yeah
1: Do we, uh, even, actually, do we know why they needed that as- certain
2: aesthetic Well I was really into it yeah. Walt Disney was a futurist, and
3: even though like his idea of the future was just like domesticism with flying cars or something, I-, I feel like since Germans were on some kind of technological edge, he wanted their help to like think of some kind of futurist imagery or yeah. maybe or futurist concepts, because Germans were doing making such strides with technology.
4: Word. Yeah.
1: And then they built. They had an, uh, the, the Operation Paperclip people didn't actually build the atomic bomb though. I don't know.
2: I'm not sure. I just I've been like just kind of like grazing the surface of finding out like what in our country I should be boycotting. Where? And like it's like Nestle, Coca Cola, Disney World, of course Amazon.
1: I read that Nestle is now uh, responsible for spiking the price of vanilla because they've started using actual vanilla in their cooking. Wow, This is another reason to not like Nestle.
2: There's so many. They they were on, like, the Wikipedia list that I found that was, like, companies that benefited from the Holocaust. Wow. The Their, like, German CEO guy was, like, in an interview, and he was like,
3: everything has a market value. Why not water? Oh, he, in yeah. In defense of the fact that, like, Nestle
1: privatizes water.
2: Well, yeah, it's like everyone knows he said that it wasn't to like a, a basic human right to have access to water
1: is nestle is it the same company that makes the cookies that makes the water is it like a giant conglomerate yeah,
2: yeah it's they own like a ton of shit like all these different brands of frozen pizza and shit too huh
1: damn yeah they take the water from michigan they pay like uh i think it's like a penny a gallon to, t- to take water from I don't know, just the tap. It's just tap water that they refilter. It's how much pr- every water company
2: does. They actually do pump it out kind of near my hometown. Or, Yeah. Which is where? Oh, in the, the center of the mitten, like right yeah. in the, where the palm of the hand would be. Did you see any, like, trucks on their way to do it, or did you see any signs of that? I don't know what they're supposed to look like, but I have seen, like, big, weird, ugly-looking trucks that made me uncomfortable yeah. going down, like...
1: Some documentary I saw, I mean, you can actually see the water level go down, like, on the bridges. It's, like, documented. Uh, this is the high water line, like, 20 years ago, and now uh, it only comes up to here. Yeah. Of course, we have no problem with uh, water right now with this giant flood. A lot of it. In Midland.
3: Like, a couple weeks ago, I kept on, like, saying in my head, like, if Michigan flooded, it would be a star. Because, you know, it's yeah. lakes all around it. it Star, um, but I, just, I was just saying that playfully. I was almost thinking of it as like a shirt graphic, but now I'm like, oh, a flood, or like a big flood basin.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I don't know where the high. I don't know anything about the typography really. Something I was thinking about is like, when did we figure out that it was shaped like a mitten? Like, was it was it done through top? Like, you know, just the sort of uh, what's it called when you're like sur- or surveying? Or did, did we have to like look at it from satellites?
2: I guess we pretty much knew the contours of it at some point. Yeah, There's there was people that were good at making maps. I don't know how they did that either. Carefully. Uh, yeah, but so we're getting to that water world moment.
4: Certainly.
3: Um, we're going to have to start getting boats. going to have to start getting
4: <laughs> getting, Underwater uh, layers.
2: Sex- I would have to become a sexy guy. Uh, that reminds so me, I need to get a new swimsuit. Yeah. Hazmat swimsuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God.
1: Radioactive suits. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are in a band called Sand Puzzle?
2: Yeah. Um, The name kind of just, like, came in when I was, like, deep in my head one night, and I was, like, oh that would be a great band name it was like back in 2013 and then i named my soundcloud channel that and like just was kind of like making solo music and then adding like whoever i felt like playing music with to the playlist there and then when isaac and denny and i started to like make music together we were having a hard time picking a name Originally we were gonna be called Twilight Sentinel, but it was kind of a mouthful. So we were like, kind of like stuck. And then I was like, what about Sand Puzzle? I don't know if I was the one that came up
1: with it. Is the name Sand Puzzle related to like an actual puzzle of sand that would be impossible to do?
2: Yeah, it's basically just like, when I came up with it, I was like, what would be a puzzle that no one could ever finish? It would be like, you know, rearranging every piece of sand back together. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a month before that, like I was thinking
3: about that. We were at, like at Ann Arbor PTO, and I was thinking about like if there were a TV show about people at a thrift store who had to count the number of pieces and puzzles at the thrift store, Ugh. and like the show. But the, all the puzzles were about like really intense historical events that had been lost to history. Is what they discover through their job at the thrift store. This is kind of a tangent, but I do. Yeah,
2: big puzzles.
3: Like, if you, like, put um, a jigsaw puzzle in a cheese grater, you might get something closer to sand puzzle.
2: Or it's like, you know, it's like the walrus and the carpenter when they're, like, literally crying because the beach is covered in sand and they they don't have enough maids to sweep it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what, the walrus and the carpenter?
2: Yeah, there was, like, they, like, cried at anything to see such quantities of sand or wept or something like that, and then... They were talking about like if they had like 30 maids with 30 mops, like sweeping for half a year, if they could clear up all of the sand and make it clean.
1: This was a myth.
2: It's from it's from the the poem, the Walrus and the Carpenter. Um, oh, alright. Yeah. Nice.
3: Yeah, but um, yeah, we 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 weren't really feeling Twilight Sentinel and, and Sand Puzzle was Ruby's solo music, and I don't know, I feel like Sand Puzzle is just a mystery you're never gonna solve. And I think that's a good pretense for music because it's like immersive and it shouldn't have conclusions for you. It should just aid you in your in your puzzling and aid you in in your solving your own big impossible puzzle.
2: Yeah, the key the key difference is that the um the the group sand puzzle is on bandcamp and the, the private secret sand puzzle is on a a website that I mentioned before right now that I'm not gonna mention again. Okay. <laughs>
1: Um, the, you guys are two people who I feel like are super willing to, like, hardcore engage in, like, the mystery of life. Or, like, I don't know, I don't really, like, some part of the cul-de-sac is kind of about esoteric spiritualism, I guess. I don't know, I don't know. But, like, uh, this, this sand... <laughs> to me, <laughs> relates relates to a lot of ta- ta- like time, like yeah, like sands sand, of time, sands of time, yeah. But also, you, it seems like you're, like this never-ending puzzle of life. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the entire. I view life as this kind of like process. I'm, I'm coming to understand it more. but It's just like this process that the end point doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah, you just kind of go through it.
1: Yeah, like I feel like, in, 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 even if you complete a puzzle. You kind of just put it in the box or do people save puzzles i don't know
3: some people glue them together but i don't know if that's the way to go like people glue it together and put it on
2: their wall yeah
3: it's kind of like taxidermy for puzzles i would do it if
2: like if i had gone through like an ordeal to complete the puzzle like if i had lost one of the pieces for a decade and then when i was moving i found that one piece and i hadn't thrown away the rest of the puzzle because i didn't give up yet and then like when I moved into my new place, the first thing I did was like solve that puzzle. Then I might glue it together and hang it on the wall. But
3: yeah, I feel like yeah. if a puzzle goes smoothly, you shouldn't glue it together. You've got like a two hundred fifty-piece cat puzzle, and you finish it like within a couple days with like your ants and stuff. Like that's just a memory. Yeah. Just don't don't glue that together. Put, Put it back, back in the, in the box, box for another amorphous family. You know, let,
2: let someone else in their Ants. I do the same puzzles over and over again. I don't even get new puzzles. Isn't that weird? Yeah,
1: no, I, I don't think so. it's weird. I've had, I, was, I wanted to make uh, some puzzles out of drawings. I had a jigsaw for a while, and it was fun to cut things.
3: I wonder if anyone speedruns puzzles, like... Definitely. I mean, I'm sure... There's,
1: there's a probably a speed community. competition for doing puzzles. Those crazy gradient puzzles. Right, yeah. Cecilia has a, like, her thing is that she takes a piece, so she'll take one piece Kind of like your thing about losing that one piece. She'll steal it from her mom and dad, or her, but and uh, just like well, her stepmom and her dad. She's done that to them multiple times where they just couldn't finish the puzzle and they they think they lost the piece. It's kind of like her way of getting back at them.
2: Yeah, I heard Annie does that too. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's a good way to get at someone.
2: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it's like one of those things you could you could just like get away with it you might not like find out till later how much it bothered them but they also will never know that you were the one that did it so
1: yeah yeah you guys want to do a song
4: yeah
3: sure sounds great yeah sorry
1: that song did you, you made that music video to it right with the and something like i don't know we
3: have we're working on a music video to it yeah because actually with all the
1: footage from us in
3: california like right at the beginning of covid yeah. like um we were um we got like all these really good like release signs in the wind nice. and we also got footage of us throwing a couch off of a balcony
2: but i the my The camera died right before it hit the ground, like (laughs) uh,
3: like right before impact. Yeah. So you got everything really up to the moment where the couch broke to pieces. And honestly, it
2: honestly kind of died right when it started to fall. Or even. Did it glitch out
1: and it's like some flicker?
2: Yeah, it was. It didn't do anything special. It just was really disappointing because I did like a countdown and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Was this
1: uh, song something that you wrote as a solo thing, or did you guys write it all together?
2: I wrote it alone, but then
1: Sandpuzzle fleshed it out, Word. which is really cool. Is Denny still in the group? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Denny cool. and Annie's, Annie's are, like, multi instrumentalists who, like, is there about, like, half the time. Word. Annie's, like, us, me, Ruby, and Denny are there all the time, and Annie
2: shows up, and we're always like, wow, Annie's here. Yeah, she's amazing. We'll just, like, take anything that she'll give us, honestly.
1: Are you guys still rehearsing through all this?
2: Yeah, we have been, but it's, like, that's like been like our sister household like I do laundry over there too and it's just like the two of us in our apartment and two of them in their apartment nice yeah I feel like we kind
3: of just decided that they were our Denny and um his roommate Trevor were like our family yeah right when the COVID started we were just getting in in a real group of playing a lot and we just finished this tape which we're all really excited about we're like planning a show for that that obviously had to be canceled
2: yeah it was like right before everything got shut down um we canceled it anyways because it was so sketchy to try to put it on. But like, yeah, our first show was was canceled. I think yeah. you saw us
3: play, but that was like kind of like preliminary. Yeah. Kind of like still getting our ground and our feeling. And I say we've only played one show where we actually we played this house show kind of impromptu where it really clicked. And I feel like we, were, we played a sand puzzle. Like the sand puzzle identity had arrived. Yeah. yeah. Now we all wear crown royal bags on our feet whenever. Play, but okay. no one knows that because we haven't played live.
1: They're
2: like drawstring shoes.
1: Yeah, that's, they're the ones with the velvet. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. What about, like, doing, I mean, as the weather gets nicer, I mean, how, how how are musicians or you guys feeling about doing things outside I mean, with, like, giant, I don't know, massive amount of spacing? <laughs> There's rumbling, for sure.
3: Like, we have yeah. a balcony that goes to our lot, and yeah. I already talked to one set of our, you know a house that's split into apartments but I said uh I talked to one of our sets of neighbors who was really excited about it and so we were thinking that we'd play off of our balcony and sort of make spots like six feet apart like on the lot like put up chairs there so people could come attend and hang out and uh but we're not really sure what the timing of that would be like I also like I feel like we should just you know like because nothing is going to be able to be a legal venue it's going to be so hard to have the right capital flowing through these spaces to so it happen over and over again. So I think especially because the weather might be nice, like in the late summer and fall, when some of this might become sort of okay. Mm-hmm. I really want everywhere to just be considered a venue and just plant shows, like in the Miller Nature Area, and plant shows, yeah, like in the middle of County Farm Park, and like plant shows, like just be really renegade. Because I don't know, we don't need to go through the capital venues. We can just have Do stuff it. in the park and let people know and. Try to provide social distancing guidelines. Yeah, and force them to some degree. I think it's going to be super
1: doable and like definitely a late summer fall type Actually, feeling to me. Yeah, time to start that. I was thinking about the same thing. I mean, we're in this garden here. Like, I feel like my, I need to do like some sort of art project in my garden. <laughs> what I have now is I mean, it's just, I, I, I built the uh, trestles out of out of branches and stuff. But I, I want to make it kind of like a sculpture park and a garden but I'm like, I don't know. I also like thinking about like how to present my own work right now. I don't know. It's, I wanna be able to do stuff outside and, yeah. and make it possible, you know.
2: When everyone's getting restless and lonely and like we're all gonna come out of hiding slowly and carefully eventually. Like this isn't gonna be the way we live for the rest of our lives. I don't see how it could be. No. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, I think life will just be a, a series of calculated risks. Yeah. Right. And maybe it was that before, but the percentage was so much lower. About yeah. your infection rate or possibility of mortality or something. That this is just yeah. higher percentage time. Yeah. yeah, I wonder about the role of art in public life post-COVID. Just because of how scary public life is, is right now. And,
1: right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well... the All the, like, a lot of the galleries sort of system is still just humming along as usual. I mean, like, a lot of artists are having their shows canceled. I- I it's gonna- everybody on the DIY side of things is just gonna- it's gonna- that's where the most pain is gonna be. Like, a lot of the blue chip galleries and, like, the aftermarket stuff seems to be kind of humming along. Like, all the art fairs went online and they call it an online viewing room. I mean, it's a fucking website. So I don't, I don't get that. It's weird, but I don't know. Maybe let's move away from COVID. And so I don't even know what it is anymore. Cause I don't know. I don't know what it is. Are
3: you like, uh, like you don't know what, what, the threat sort of COVID is? Well, I, you know,
1: I right do. And I mean, like I think about, I don't know. I just feel like I've gotten so much information.
2: Yeah. None of it really seems to match with like other information. It's in the just sources moving roles. so slowly.
1: That's the other thing too. It's like. It's just one of these situations that, yeah, it's moving slowly, then information comes out, and it's, then it's different next week. And no yeah. one really has, like, a real end point to this. It's just, like, this is, like, the endless expanse of gray that's going to continue on. I think that's what's doing the most, like, making people the most upset. And then on, the, on top of that, we have the whole, like, the, I mean, the economic forces that are bearing down on people right now. Like I, those people who are protesting in the state capitol, they're obviously stupid. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say that they're just stupid, but they're creepy. They're, I mean, like, what creepy. kind of a freak like yeah. brings a
2: gun out in public? Yeah, like, with the crowd. fucking mask.
1: And like, if there are any other like type of person, then they wouldn't be do. They wouldn't even be able to do that. But I'm like, do those people realize that like, that this this exists? I, they're they're economic. I don't know, if they're there for economic reasons, like, the economy and, like, the social safety nets in this country are really fucked. I always feel fucked up trying to talk about this, because I, I listen to a lot of political pundits, and I'm not doing that justice. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just a person who makes drawings. I mean, I don't Yeah. I think we got into a wormhole here that we should try to just jump out of now. I feel like I don't want to talk about COVID. <laughs> yeah,
3: fuck COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's
1: it's happening yeah. unless you guys want to talk more about the music like how it's affecting the local music thing something that i'm really not everyone like, thinks
2: that they're gonna make the coolest like be all end all mixtape and they all keep like sharing them and I don't care. I like really, I hate Zoom meetings. I don't care about your mixtape or like playlist that you made to like help me dance away the night in my living room. (laughs) I don't wanna pretend that I'm dancing in my living room. I'm gonna like veg out, I'm gonna hang out with the people that I've been playing video games with online for like the last six months. Yeah, yeah. lose the
3: music community, get a video game
1: community.
4: (coughs) music losers. Get on
1: Twitch. Get, everybody gets on Twitch and yeah. make an album on Twitch. I mean, I, is it time for recording? Do you feel like, oh, I'm going to do a lot of recording now?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, like, good it. to prepare. I, like, want to have, like, a good repertoire. I've been building up stock. I've been making a lot of scrunchies and, like, hair accessories. Yeah. And, like, that stuff. I don't know. I just, it's, like, it is a good time to, like, regroup and make music at home but i just really am like exhausted of like the online gigs space i don't know yeah sorry no worries yeah well they're uh i don't know if you know about like the band camp like fee
3: we- fee waving day yeah yeah and once a month band camp waves its fees which is like you know people will make one more dollar on their yeah five or six or ten dollar thing and um, at first, I was just so skeptical of it because, like, I, there's two albums that I recorded and spent, like, a year on with these bands that just, like, all of a sudden just pivoted and We're like, we're dropping our album today. And it was, like, the, the March or April, like, the first band camp day. And I was like, what? Like, oh, really? You're like, you know, you've, you've worked so long on this record and you're just going to do it because there's this kind of zeitgeist around this. Because I, I just didn't yeah. know that it would so meaningful to people because it's like one or two dollars
0: yeah <laughs> well yeah.
1: is that do you think it's a capital driver behind them or is it like is it like yeah that's weird or is everybody just like all hold up and they're like oh, i just gotta get this shit out now
3: i think it's just relevant to be associated with need and yeah. i say that because like i don't think that everyone who was doing this needed the cash necessarily i just think some people definitely could use it um but like i think because the internet has shifted to kind of a space where People post about things when they need them, and that's the most important time to respond. Bandcamp Day is a t- time to s- where, where musicians say that they need things, but like looking at the spectrum of musicians, I know people need very different things, and I, I don't know. So I was like, I didn't think of the Bandcamp Day as the answer, but now that it's like a whole deal, and we released a tape like two days after Bandcamp Day, and and um, I think that like next Bandcamp Day I'm gonna like I'm gonna post a sob story. I'm gonna be like,
4: I'm gonna be like.
3: <laughs> now I'm like I have already threw it in my head to be like you know like this time I'm gonna this band camp day I'm gonna say what I what I need and what I feel and I think we made a really good tape and, and I hope you will listen to it because beyond anything people are just totally screwed I mean they don't have the sand puzzle tape and they're pathetic yeah <laughs> like they, they, their summer is just shitty yeah and like I just wanted them to have this because like because because their life sucks and like they need and, it yeah we honestly have the cure not the
1: not the know, corona cure. <laughs> but the maybe we don't know
3: it is like a yeah. delicious summer snack <laughs> and if you take it on a road trip with you if you played at the barbecue i'm guaranteed you know people are going to be looking at you in a different
2: way All i gotta and, and say they're gonna be ready for business yeah yeah all i got to say is that if you love grape tomatoes you're gonna go crazy about this album
1: well i've, I've got a bunch of grape tomatoes growing
2: they're amazing. They're really good. It's oh like everything you like about grapes, everything you like about tomatoes.
1: It kind of bursts in your mouth. It's tangy. Yeah. I mean, your your voice is tangy. Did did the yod <laughs> did the yodeling uh, that that you were doing at the beginning of the year have you worked that more into your vocals now, <laughs> or has think, that always been there?
2: I think that I actually have like better control over my voice after I started practicing doing that i haven't been doing it so much in that like traditional sense but i've definitely been like applying that style to like my general singing like the way i'll like skip up and down in notes i didn't really like explore like that before
1: yeah i like it i like it a lot also i mean you guys we're obviously not gonna have any house shows soon but that venue that you guys played in your room with the triangle and the red lighting. Yeah. It was a very intense moment. Yeah. yeah.
3: That was a real space. I remember yeah. you took a picture of your hands in the mirror in front of yeah. the that day. Oh. And I was like, that about sums up the night.
1: That was. I, I don't know. That Whatever that guy gave me was like psychedelic pot. <laughs> for sure. Oh my god. Yeah,
3: that was a guy that I'm not going to Did say he ever come back? Heard. No, but I he came to our karaoke night when we were hosting them. I'm not gonna say his name, but he's a really sweet oh. dude. I yeah. did not know him at all, and I just yeah. Facebook invited him to that show. Yeah, he and kept being like, "Your house is
2: so nice." Yeah, he's one
3: of those like eerily positive people. Who's yeah. just like dude, you you love local music. I love local music. You That's You love cool. beer. I love beer. And he kind of was on that tack, and then like I'm just like, there's got to be some kind of catch like with this guy, and then then I, like the next few days, I was in the strip mall on Washtenaw, and I saw him with his mom going to the flower shop. He was was as psyched at that moment as he was at our show. And I guess I'm going to say his name because I'm very positive on it, but Tommy, thank you for coming that night. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tommy's cool. He's got very strong vape pens. Yeah, thanks for (laughs) getting Nick
3: future high so he could take that cool pic of his hands in the
1: mirror. Yeah. (laughs) I had to quit marijuana for some time now. It was taking over my life a little bit. That's but fair. I don't. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um,
3: yeah, I could go. I go both ways about it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I made I made like a freaking two liter and like ice cream pale gravity bong like, with, like at home like for on 420 that I didn't like I don't like keep it out but I didn't like throw away all the pieces.
1: Nice, it's a two liter gravity bong that with like a giant bowl or it, like like a bowl of water.
2: It's a, of yeah, it's like a there's like a bucket full of water and then you cut off the top of a two liter and you take off the cap and you put a piece of tin foil over the hole where the soda comes out and you poke a bunch of holes in it and you put the weed in there and you light it as you pull the bottle out of the water and that makes the bottle fill with smoke because there's like the suction from the water and then you put you take the tin foil off you put your mouth on the soda hole and you push it down and you try not to get any water in your mouth nice
3: like um I didn't smoke it when you first did it cuz I had a really bad experience with the gravity bong when I was like 14 or 15.
2: That's about the right age for using a gravity bong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that. That was a bad experience. I thought I was going to die
3: for sure.
2: And like not that I think children should use it, but that it's not an appropriate thing for an adult to do anyway, so <laughs> go Well, yeah, no. I mean, if you're if, if you grew up in the odds like us, it was a great time
3: to dissociate. Um, I wish that I had instead like chanced upon some kind of mentor or elder who had a better critical analysis of the world to share with me, but in, in, in lieu of that, definitely Tony Hawk's underground and being stoned was one way to do it. I'm not actually going to stand behind it, but I did do it.
2: Yeah, I smoke weed every day. I've been smoking weed every day for like the past 15 years. I read another wormhole. <laughs>
1: no, no, this is a good wormhole. This is a fine wormhole. Um... There are no 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 places we won't go. I was thinking about uh, could Tony Hawk when you said Tony Hawk for a skater? could Tony Hawk for a skater be like a trip sitter for a psychedelic experience?
2: I don't know. Probably I feel not. like he would probably like call you an ambulance or something because he's wearing all that safety Tony gear. Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he'd be a good guide. Like if you go bird watching.
3: Well, I think it is interesting to think about that because, like, I feel like records and certain types of music can ground you in reality. Like, you put on the song Mm -hmm. and you remember. I I know that one time when I was with my friend Rebecca, we ate some edible weed. You never know what's going to happen with that. I got too high and, like, this weird ukulele choir was playing Beatles Let It Be. And I'm not a Beatles fan, but just hearing something I knew really grounded me. And I think that's weird, because video games are so different than records, because it's not just like a single line that goes through it, it's just this whole environment. Yeah.
1: Have you done any of the uh, virtual reality, like Oculus Rift stuff?
2: No, but my friend has a VR headset that this like, old man like, whapped her in the head with when we were at the bar one night.
1: Wow. Oh wait, and, uh, she was she was wearing he was wearing it out in public.
2: No, he was like carrying it, and then he was like, "Oh, someone was supposed to take this with them, but they didn't." Do you want it? Or I actually asked him for it. Actually, yeah, sorry, I keep like going back and forth. But anyways, yeah. So what happened was, is he whapped her in the head with the with his like elbow, and then he was like, "Oh, sorry, I'm just carrying this giant VR headset," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, obviously you're not using it. You don't." You don't know how to use that thing, do you? And he was like, no. <laughs> and so he gave it to us. We were gonna like learn how to use it together, but we haven't really had like a chance to hang out since then.
1: Word. So you have you have access to one right now. Yeah. They're really insane. I I wore one once, and I, like this, it was like the demo. He this one of the guys I work with played it for me. Yeah. And you're like this robot who's like looking around this space. And this other robot jumps up in front of you and is like, "Hey, hey, look at me! Shoot me! Shoot me!" You shoot him a little bit with your little like dart gun, oh. and then he's like, "All right, watch this!" And then the whole universe just turns into a grid, and then like turns into a little point and goes away. And then I don't know, it's like one of the, it's like it was like whole I don't know, it's super fucking psychedelic. So I, what I'm trying to get at is like I think, well, first off, everyone's gonna have these soon. They do, do porn, porn with video? it too. Like, oh god, that's like, one of the biggest winders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. And uh <laughs> the guy I work with <laughs> was telling me about it and he's like fifty years old. Oh, yeah. And um <laughs> Oops I probably should've said that. Oh well I, yeah, <laughs> yeah <I don't> know. <laughs> But uh I'm like, dude, I don't know I don't wanna know about that, but I kinda do wanna know about that. So between the Oculus Rift and then, like, that flashlight company makes this, like, automatic pumping tool oh my God. that will, like, jack you off. So, yeah, there's that version of virtual reality. I'm but,
2: scandalized. Those people yeah. don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I honestly wonder if
3: people are going to find it satisfying, because I think it kind of, that sounds like it kind of flips the script of porn. Yeah. Where, like, porn is you watching someone get essentially, like, fucked up, like... Like, porn always focuses on the subject body, and, like, the the voyeur is not in the shot. Like, their face is gone. Mm -hmm. But now they're going to get fucked. Like, someone's going to come up and just, like, fuck the shit out of them. I hope that it feels, like, kind of, like, unsatisfying because you just don't want to get fucked on. I don't think it's going to go go that way. I think there's a desire to be fucked on because you you kind of want to to fuck with somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So I hope
3: this feels like too much of a fucked on, and and (laughs) people kind of give up on yeah (laughs) no
1: i'm judging from the way this guy who described it to me was saying it he was like it's so fucking awesome man
3: (laughs) you don't even know you gotta watch out for drones like
2: that guy machines machines like that will never pay your bus fare yeah yeah (laughs) they won't pick you up from the airport they're not gonna kiss you on the forehead (laughs) no
1: but they will fuck the shit out of you
2: (laughs) oh my god
3: I'm a man and I'm trying to buy a machine to fuck me. Yes. That's what
1: that, that, that is. All right, I guess I, I do see the like, you, I mean like, all right, if you're like some incel who is not willing to like do the work to have a relationship with someone, like that's one thing. But like if you're like someone who's disabled and like can't like have sex for, I don't know, I'm going on a tangent, but I could see use for this robot that fucks you. For like some type of person out there that's not so nefarious, mm. yeah. Like uh, I don't know, there's probably some sort of some sort of niche for it, right? But I don't know. Do you guys are you guys majorly against technology taking over, like the AI becoming aware and uh, like absorbing us into the ethers?
2: I don't think that it can. I just I don't know. Like I've never really had that much faith in like computers. They aren't like they can't repair themselves they're weak well i
3: I mean i think that we're going to be forced to need these technologies by like some kind of police scheme to like force us to use technology as an intermediary to access care yeah Because like care has been going on this whole time like people have been like like cooking and playing music and doing laundry forever and i don't think technology actually really the feeling of like taking care of your surroundings in any way or like being a steward of your home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even get it sometimes when I play Animal Crossing and I am like gardening and then I'm like at my house and like I've eaten snacks that are like on the ground and I'm like... <laughs> like oh, yeah. yeah. Like what have I done? It feels like blood on my hands just a little
1: bit, but... That's like the process of being in, in life. Yeah,
3: I mean I, I almost wonder if like there could be an augmented reality scheme through virtual reality you're able to more easily do acts of care in your own life yeah might be the flip of that but you just kind of would become smart house as a person
1: living the life of the smart house like
3: you'd be like kind of like an AI helper I don't know I just I don't I feel like humans try to dissolve into these schemes but then they at some point have to recognize that they have a body or an intention that they're bringing into it
1: yeah
3: and I think that this is just gonna make it more confusing for children and yeah. people who just are kind of avoidant of physical reality to take ownership of their body and intentions i don't know i feel like it's going to make people get further away from each other so i'd say i'm definitely resistant to it because i want people to like touch stuff and care because i'm Warren. just like maybe more of like a little hippie guy than i want to admit
1: no i agree yeah. with you i i'm like gar- uh, yeah, gardening so grounding, being in the world. But then okay, what if the world is like this is all a simulation? I mean technically, are right, let me set it up first. I guess yeah, because like, um, I don't know. I was thinking a lot about how the brain works, where uh, you know your brain. Like people always say this like, what if my what if my like what if this is a simulation and I'm just a brain in a vat somewhere like the Matrix sort of thing? Well, you are a brain in a vat. Your brain is literally in your skull. All of your consciousness is just electricity, electric impulses yeah. from synapses. Your brain never sees the world around you. Like, we don't see this grass. We just, uh, we see um, the light bouncing off of it at, through our eyes, which then tell our brain signals. So yeah. ex- when your
2: eyes see it all upside down and yeah, screwed up Your brain
1: flips it. And then similarly, like, I mean, I see your lips moving before I hear your voice come out of your mouth and my brain edits 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 it <laughs> edits it together so that it looks the same so all right so then okay so our consciousness is this electric signal what if it's just I don't know and then well, I think about like layers of reality and like layers of being higher at a higher level are we just a reflection of like something going on in like a higher domain
2: definitely i think that there's like invisible like networks of like you know it's hard to describe it other than calling it like a spider web or a bunch of wires that like connect everything i mean it's been my belief for a long time that we're just like fingers inside of a giant glove like like we feel like we're all each our own separate thing but we're part of the same hand and like that hand is like connected to something that's like so big that we can't even really consider it
1: we're just ants
2: in this handhill.
3: i mean yeah i don't know i'm always looking for hints that we're in a simulation yeah and i, I think i find it most just like in singer songwriters
2: Okay. Um, like the like the big
3: ones? Certain ones. John I'd Prine. I'd say if you want to see a big simulation hit, you want to check out The Decemberists. Okay. <laughs> Look up Reverie for June acoustic performance. And this song, it's just so abstract what he means. And when he plays it, he seems to be in a, an incredible abstract pain. And I feel like he's going through some kind of process where he's, his hand's been forced on so many levels that he's not even really sure why he's there anymore, and that that was a very good hint that we're in a simulation to me. Like, cause I, I always imagine that people live life with intentions, but sometimes I enter a space where I'm like, oh my god, like people are really really on autopilot. Not to say there's like like a woke person and a not woke person, but I just know that when I was in class, there was like a you know in in art college, like there was a type of kid who would ask, can I like how do I get the best grade and there was a type of kid who'd be like oh I'm gonna do this project I was always
2: asking how many class periods I could pass before I automatically fail it's also a totally
3: legit question and people have their reasons but I don't know yeah just just you have to fly past the metric if you want to escape the simulation or try to affect it like
1: make use of it that's why I'm like so concentrated on on just process now. I mean I used to be like a really outcomes driven person. Like I was I, I wanted like to have a show or like I wanted to like have an endpoint. But lately I'm just so much like okay, it's just about like the act of actually like starting a drawing and like doing it. I don't know. To me it's like a it's like a rebellion against if there is a simulation and this is like it's like no I'm gonna really fucking be in the process then. I'm like gonna yeah. really like just like I don't know, vibe on on that i haven't figured out the words for it quite yet i don't don't
2: think you should read like the never-ending story because they talk about the nothing as it's not like the movie first of all yeah the book is like 10 times more of a actual like whole thing going on the movie covers like the first two chapters oh word um
1: i like the movie i like that big dog guy
2: yeah i mean he's a character yeah for sure it's like interesting though because it goes into this whole like exploration of like you know this guy bastion he can make these wishes and they all come true but every time they come true he like forgets a part of himself And, like, it gets to the point where he almost forgets everything. And another point, it gets to the point where they almost destroy everything in the world, like, in all of the worlds that ever existed or could have existed or were thought of or were going to be thought of later. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, you know, I think the, the most evil force in that, like, world of possibilities is, like, the lack of creation is just, like when you give up on something, or when you don't have any inspiration, you don't imagine anything. Like, it's the actual, like, force of, like, people being unimaginative that is, like, destroying everything around them. And you have to, like, have ideas, or else you can't, basically.
1: Yeah, well, is it to keep the cycle going of idea? Like, you have to have ideas so that you make a space for another being to have ideas and
2: yeah it's like if you just stop using your imagination you like forget how kind of and like you just I don't know I mean I look at people that like live these like really like prescribed lives where they like go to school and get married and have a baby and get a job 40 hours a week 9 to 5 and like live in a Fucking big mansion in like some hideous We're neighborhood. House, yeah. You're
1: describing this one kid I work with, who is like, I cannot tell. He's like a really nice kid, and, he, and he's like a kid he's my age, and seems to be like just a nice individual. But it's just like, has seemingly has nothing going on. Like, what did you do this weekend? I watched British Bake Off. Yeah, that's like a
2: popular <laughs> one. <laughs> Uh, like, I you think. I don't know I guess I do but I feel like it's also just like a result of like not having anything go bad for you in your life to the point where you never have to like question what you're told to do or like you know tear down the walls that people build in your mind when they're raising you yeah. like in like school and shit like I don't know if I was like really good at school I probably would believe everything I learned there I don't and it's I, I didn't do good at it, so I don't believe most of it. And then that's how I learned about, like, the Japanese internment camps. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Isaac? I'm,
3: I'm just thinking about when I, I had my first orientation for the first full-time job I ever worked. Like, we were all going to go around and say something interesting about ourselves. And actually, every single person in that entire room, their interesting thing about themselves was that they had gone on vacation so like instead of saying like oh i'm a musician i like to do something at home or like i'm a gardener i like to cook everyone's like i went to guatemala for two weeks last year and the next person was like yeah i went to like paris and i'm just like that's not an interesting thing about you yeah that's pretty much you escaping yourself and Mm -hmm. i I felt really weird and i i mean i actually also think it's a difficult icebreaker what's something interesting about you
2: especially when you don't know what these people in this room are going to judge you for yeah because i'm
3: like reading like a sort of atmosphere and i'm like Do, maybe i should just say that i went to, to ohio or something yeah, <laughs> I <didn't laughs> so vacation. <laughs> but i don't know yeah i believe in having a garden in your house whether it's an actual garden or like a garden of ideas i just know that i know so many people who wanted to be musicians and like oh i bought a guitar but i never played it and it's like well then you've done nothing of the process like okay. I, I don't blame anyone because you have to work a lot to live for not having a creative pro you know a, a an iterative creative process that i participate in but i just know that when i try something new i notice every failure very distinctly yeah i'm like building something and i'm like oh, i fucked that up and this would cost me like three dollars i have to buy another part yeah. and then like i know that when i do something over and over again like that kind of thought fades and then like i can actually get into the world of ideas like there's so much threshold to every creative process before you actually can just slip into like an imaginative world where you're able to create fantasy with any medium I record music every day and I reuse samples from when I was 15 that I made then that are still part of my sound design and part of my world. And I share that with people and I use that on other people's records. And I mean, I don't know, like that. I can only speak for myself, but I, I can say that having a every day or at least every week musical practice has like helped me feel like there's something I can do in this world where I'm not just failing constantly. And I think it makes me a lot less knee jerk. Like when someone does something that upsets me or if I'm in a tough situation, like, I don't think it's about that thing I just know that it's like this process I haven't understood yet
2: well yeah and it's like every failed attempt is just like a chance to understand what, what went wrong for like next time because it's not ever going to be the last time
3: yeah and like in the simulation there's this concept of accountability and I feel like it's going to be this kind of moving target it's going to be this like shifting collective morality we have to accept our own failures and like actually recognize them like the more we ignore or shame ourselves for having screwed up like collectively the more we're about to screw each other over really hard yeah so if there's anything in the simulation like go to your garden like let it get big and like don't take things too personally because mm. it's like about this process you don't understand and that's how i feel about like navigating social spaces a lot it's just like you know, I don't know, if I'm familiar with people or something. I think
2: it's also weird. I think one of the ways that I feel like it's not, like, a, like a perfect, you know, this is nature because I know that I have, like, friends that are colorblind and I know that I have, like, weird shit going on with my eyes. So, like, our perceptions are all, like, coming from, like, absolutely totally contrasting perspectives for like every set of eyes on the earth I'm like yeah we're
4: not even really sure we're
2: looking at the same thing right but then when you like describe those things you get like similarities like when I look at someone's face far away I see two dark spots on the top and one dark spot on the bottom and then I can tell if there's like some kind of hair going on then like the next thing is like usually like when I recognize someone it's like the way they walk. It's like yeah. the size of their blur and the way they walk. Yeah. And then whatever sounds they make.
1: Um, yeah. We're creatures of pattern. I mean evolution is essentially one large pattern scape. Yeah. I think that's why music is such a powerful way to communicate is because it, it like latches on to pattern.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then just like I don't know. I'm starting to. I wish I was a fit. Phys- I like. I wish I went to school for physics, a lot more lately, <laughs> because again, it's like there's so many like math, number patterns that describe physical ph- phenomena.
2: Yeah, like the Fibonacci sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's like it's especially I've been noticing that a lot in the garden, like the mm-hmm. way tomatoes grow, and that one, uh, a Romanesco, a Romanesco. Um, cauliflower type thing it's like the craziest fractal ever and then when you you know when you trip out pretty hard fractals are apparent
2: yeah you see the same things
1: yeah and then I don't know I just like personally I've been I've been looking for it more so I've been seeing it more but like moments of synchronicity have been occurring in my life more now. I'm definitely a looking for it, so that's probably why I'm seeing them more. But it was funny. I, I sent a picture of Joseph's mom from this film shoot that we did together not long ago to him. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, it's my mom's birthday today. Whoa. And I was like, wow, cool. <laughs> Synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel like
3: stuff like that's been happening more lately, maybe because existence has become more, her social life has been more virtual. Yeah. Like, you get a ping from someone at the same time.
1: Yeah.
2: We've been having, like, at least, it was just maybe those two times, but probably more than we know, because it probably happens without I was thinking about it. But Isaac and I have been, like, I'll be, like, thinking a part of a song, and then I'll say something about it, and it'll turn out that he was thinking about the same part of the same song.
1: Yep, or that like, happens with me and Cecilia all the time, too. Yeah. It's, like, in our minds all the time. I really want, she's, like, getting close to now to, like, wanting to do Mushrooms, too, which I'm excited about, because she's, like, the person I love the most, so I wanna see if that like that sort of mind link thing yeah, exists for totally. myself. I've never experienced it myself. But I've heard a lot about it. I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the subject of synchronicity and stuff, the guy, Terrence McKenna, who I love a lot, talks about the coming of the eschaton, which he defined as this like transcendental object at the end of time and as we approach it, I mean, he thought it was gonna be his birthday in two, like 2012. <laughs> uh, he died in 2000, so he didn't get to see that it didn't happen. But um, I don't know, his idea of this like, he, he viewed reality as this novelty generating machine. And, and essentially its goal is to just th- make things more and more novel and more and more novelty. So uh, until until the end. And then it just—I don't know. it Depending on your pick, your philosophy or religion, it'll either reset, or you'll go and live with God for forever yeah, in no, paradise. In
3: my
2: faith, we just refer to that as sand puzzle too. Yeah, sand puzzle. <laughs> yeah, the mixtape. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, speaking of virtual realities, we watched this show about virtual realities called Island. Oh, Oh Yeah, Yeah, there's like this I-Land, a.k.a. One-Land, and then there's like Two-Land, two, two land, a.k.a. I-I-Land, and uh, <laughs> there's like a cannibal, but the cannibal's not supposed to be there, but maybe I shouldn't have mentioned the oh, cannibal. Oh no, shit, you just
1: ruined it for all 15 Never. of my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well.
2: oh, Highly man. recommended. We watched it, we binge-watched it, we don't binge-watch like anything, but we watched like the whole season, or whatever, for like, in like two nights i don't know like
3: this transcendental object I'm, I'm stuck on the transcendental object yeah sorry no don't no worry i just like i was like i'm interested in that yeah. okay well, like i'm trying to think of what it, an object is period like yeah we have to have some consensus to name something
1: yeah like, i one. mean i think the way he thought of it was as this was this was like it this was everything all together i mean this was like the the giant the, the, this was like the giant head that the hand with all the fingers is connected to right it's this, like, it's Godwind, pure Godwind, God wind, and God. so my—I don't know. My question—I don't really—I don't know. My question, I don't really, I don't know, my, question uh, my thing is like, is it, is it just a reset? Is it Big Bang, Big Bang round infinity, or is it like—I don't know. That's why, I like, the—I the, have a lot of Christians in my life, and they're all right now, especially with the plague and the flooding and the fires. They're like, this is end times, and like. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Pompeo and Mike Pence are gearing up to go to like have Israel just like go to war with Palestine and get all like so they want. Like, there's this Zionist Christian about eval- and evangelical Zionism that runs through American politics. Yeah. And um, you know, are these people really this like? This I don't know, shallow that they think that oh they're just gonna live with their god in paradise and the rest of us are gonna be burning, and like what kind of god is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's like hope they so picked or- the right one. Yeah, hope they pick the right one. Yeah, I don't, it's <laughs> it's strange. It just doesn't. It seems like so human made. It's obviously human made, but like this idea of the the transcendental object at the end of time that like is this reset button? It just makes more sense with like what we know about physics and what we know about. I don't know, people, what people experience when they're on a lot of psychedelics
2: Look, I think it's probably like a giant Venn diagram I think that like I read in the never ending story everything that has happened or could happen or was imagined to have happened or did happen or will is planning to happen. It's like all happening at once. It's like yeah. pages in a book that's just sitting there shut.
1: There's a physics theory for that. It's called block unity theory yeah. or block universe theory. And then
2: I think that it's also like, you know, that like perception perspective thing where it's like all of the religions are probably like right about some things and you just would have to like. Learn everything about all of them to see what the similarities are, and to figure out what is the truth in there. Mm-hmm.
1: I think if, I mean, if, if all religions know like just a little bit of the story, I mean that would make the most sense. That all of, like if we're if we're thinking that humanity needs to come together and and all be one, I mean, and if you there's that story about Babylon where there was a time where everybody spoke the same language and we decided to go to the heavens mm-hmm. and that God was like, fuck you, you can't come up. I'm going to split you all up and give you all different languages and invent those sort of nationalist divisions that would come yeah. from that. That's why I'm like, if there is, if it is the God of the Bible and if it is real, I really believe in like, no, it's cool. The umbrella just came flying across. We're in a park, <laughs> listeners. But like, the, the do you guys know about the Gnostics?
3: Yeah, I know that Jesus preached Gnosticism at one
1: point. Yeah, he was like, well, the Gnostics really believed that the god of the bible was a demiurge or like a false god who basically like snap, snapped up all of our conscious forms and trapped us in the material world so he could fuck with us
2: like like the uh, thetans like the thetans in the Scientology
1: oh yeah I don't know about them
2: sounds <laughs> kind of similar you know there was like this like alien battle and they killed all of these aliens and had their souls go into human bodies Yeah. Well, like oh. privileged religious information seems to be like asymptotal you're supposed to show your
3: devotion in unlimited new ways in order to receive access to some kind of mystical promise like god's patreon tiers. like you know they kind of like you know like from one dollar to billions and, and and like there hits some kind of line where like you stop getting new information from from god and he stops giving you tutorials on like being godly yeah and it's a real bummer because i think a lot of people get really caught up in the M- the major the multi-level marketing scheme that is god yeah like, I feel like bab like the, the the tower of babel does feel like that where it's like oh oh we're gonna get really close to we're gonna see him because he said he was in the sky yeah and he was like you must prove yourself to me and new and you yeah you must enter the novelty generator and show me a right. new novel outcome yeah yeah uh yeah you can't you're not allowed to see me
2: and um, then and then god was struck by an arrow like the crystal in inuyasha and it went to all the corners of everything in the world <laughs> well even the
3: concept of god disintegrates over time because capital art and like capital what was it capital art and the market all used to be sorry no it was capital yeah capital art and religion used to all be the same thing and now there are things that have traces of each other I think that wow. we can see some kind of novelty generation in that. Like, the Western Wall in Jerusalem was the biggest meat market, and you had to make a sacrifice to go pray, so you had to buy an animal. So everyone was in this spot that was, like, the confluence of capital, um, art, and religion. And all art was religious because it was, like, responsible for this one multi-level marketing scheme that allowed them to have an animal. And so I feel like the fact that we think of the like, money, art, and religion as separate entities now is kind of an example of a novelty generation or a fractal because you couldn't pray as in judea unless you were to go to david's temple and now there are temples everywhere there was a point in judaism that allowed new patreon tiers to be created and people could go to different um different towns and and have their own little god room um
1: I love this idea of the Patreon God <laughs> and the multi-level marketing God. We should start it. Like yeah. I don't know
3: what the prizes would be, but maybe yeah. like uh, virgins.
1: And... <laughs> yeah, no, it virgin. would be like you know. We'll go to like... the base, the the usuals. That was the yeah. old school. No, no, they're not. We you won't. We won't give out virgins. Virgins. We'll give out um, uh, the fleshlight pumping. <laughs> oh, virtual, <tot. laughs> virtual. God. Yeah,
3: God's Patreon. There's two two sides. It's the fucker and the get fucked. Yeah. Um, And Half of the people just get (laughs) membership
2: cards. Half of them get a golf cart. It's kind of just luck of the draw. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you guys want to close with a song? Yeah,
2: we have one more song. Okay. This is... I wrote this song about the Verizon store. There was this one day I was having Oscar drop me off um, for work on the other side of town, on the other side of the next town over, it was like an hour away from where my job was, so that I could get my free cell phone that they told me that I was going to get, and I got there, and I waited for a person to come, and this is after, when I was on the phone with them talking about this, they were like, They were like, no, I promise you, it's a free phone. You don't, and I was like, I don't wanna pay for anything. And they were like, no, it's great. You just get a free phone because your phone that you have currently is gonna be like void because it'll be like obsolete really, really soon. And you're not gonna be able to use it anymore. So we're replacing it. That's why we're doing it. And then I freaking get there. I left my phone in Isaac's car and I'm at the Verizon store and they won't give me a phone. And I got so mad. And I was like, you guys are liars. This whole thing, I I was yelling all the way out of the Verizon store. This is deceptive. You guys are being deceptive. This whole building, this is all lies. And then I, like, went to work, and I was still so mad, and it was a completely silent room, and I didn't have a phone. I couldn't listen to music, so I wrote this song.
4: (laughs) ¶¶
1: Closer. yeah that was a really good closer yeah <laughs> cool Well, oh, i think we've reached the end this is the dead, the end. dead end
4: thanks for having
1: us do you want yeah. us to say any um
3: what's it called uh cul-de-sac themed closing phrase
1: uh i haven't come up with a, i think the closing phrase has just been we've reached the end of the dead end we reached the end of the dead
3: end